Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. Happy Monday afternoon. I am so excited today. You're going to have to forgive me in advance if I bumble or jumble, mimble, mamble, whatever that means, over a word, because today we get to support the film of an associate and a friend and someone who I've known a long time. We get to support Hawaii filmmakers, which is where I'm from. So this is like, I want to say happy Aloha Friday, but I know it's Monday. Uh, This is (laughs) Chasing Shadows. (laughs) Yeah, I figured you guys would like that. Um, We're going to be bringing the guests in in just a second. We got three guests today. They're all special, but what's so cool about today is uh, of course, show maintenance, uh, new listeners, go to Talking Pictures, www.talkingpicturesla.com. If you liked the movie Lion, we had a great interview with the cinematographer, Greg Fraser. And then you can find the archive uh, in the top right corner. Today, we celebrate episode 230. And before I finish up the maintenance, let me just go ahead and introduce the guests. We have uh, Nelson Kwan, the director of Chasing Shadows. Are you with us, Nelson? Hello, how are you? Very good. I'm fantastic. Thank you for being here today. We have uh, Connie Flores. Hello. And hello, aloha. And Cindy Iodice, you with aloha. us as well? Uh, excellent. I'm. You know what? Let's just get. Let's just get some Kahlua pig and and talk already. Um, of course, everyone who's new to the show or has never been on before, feel free to drink your water, tea, coffee. We want everybody to just feel like we're in the backyard hanging out. This is not a stuffy talk show. I wanted to uh, congratulate everyone on the show, and we're also going to have a surprise for you. Towards the end, we're going to be talking about a second short film. So there's always tons going on. But I have to say, we uh, thank you for being our 29th guest who has uh, come to us with a film that's on Amazon Prime or Netflix or theatrically. We are honored by that. And also now with the show at its peak in popularity, it was now the time to bring on Hawaii filmmakers. So... Let's get into this because it's just time to get into it. So we'll start out with uh, Nelson as the director. Uh, You sit down. There's a thousand ideas you can do. Why this one? Um, Back in 2008, I saw my first total solar eclipse, and uh, it was out of this world, as probably many uh, have saw today. Uh, in the United States, and um, a year later, I went to another one. I was very fortunate that within one year, I was able to have two solar eclipses, and I saw a picture um, that this Australian photographer took, and it was a sequence image uh, over the Mongolian mountain of the 2008 eclipse, and I fell in love with that picture, and I wanted to get to know this um, photographer even more, and so we became friends after we met in the 2009 eclipse, and uh, since then, he's kind of invited me to other eclipses with him, um, but not until 2013 in Ethiopia that he invited me to go, and I was like, hmm, 
chance to go to Africa. I never thought I'd get the chance to. So um, I went, and uh, then I decided, well, he's a photographer, and I'm a filmmaker. What if I do a documentary? And that's essentially how it started. Well, that's fantastic. Now, you brought you brought this up. Of course, we had this yesterday, and we'll get into what you guys did yesterday and wrapped up this morning. But, Connie, as the producer, uh, IMDb, of course, has it right, sometimes has it a little bit off. But for the audience, as a producer, why don't you let us know the synopsis of the film? Obviously, it has to do with Eclipse, but fire away. It really follows uh, the astronomer himself, and, and it's through Nelson's relationship with that astronomer, uh, Jeff. And he's just, I don't, I don't know, the two of them traveling together the world, chasing solar eclipses, and this whole um, underground of astronomers and physicists and filmmakers and photographers that do this are just to capture that as Nelson has, um, is amazing. And it allows the viewer an inside view of what happens and what, what goes on and how much work it takes to plan to do this. And, you know, families coming together, people coming together, and different countries and cultures, the effect that the solar eclipse has on them. And Chasing Shadows is that. And it, it, if you haven't seen it, it's something you must see. And most people that see the movie and watch it, the next thing they say is, I have to see it. I have to see the next solar eclipse. Because that experience, that's as close as you'll get, but it's nothing like the real thing. And Cindy Iodice can even attest to that. After she saw Nelson Kwan's film, she was like, we have to go. It's a must. And, of course, you see it, and you're just blown away. So it's well, definitely... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go, no, no, sorry, go ahead. You were saying definitely. Sorry. Definitely is something that uh, all people must see. And since we just had something, Cindy, uh, where do you where do you fit into this recent eclipse that we just had? Well, uh, Nelson invited us to come along with our cameras. So we have a 6K Red Dragon, a uh, 4K. Canon C300 and a Canon 1DX, and so we were able to bring some pretty high-powered cameras to the group. Uh, I think we shot with 12 cameras today, including a 360, uh, some other Canons like the 5D, a Sony AS7, and um, because of Nelson's expertise, he was able to say, we're going to put the cameras here, and this is what they're going to shoot. So it was really easy for me as a, a first-time observer to be able to enjoy the eclipse while capturing it with my cameras. So we shot a time-lapse. We shot a video. a video of the group of us that were that got to experience the eclipse. We shot video straight of the eclipse with the 6K camera. Um, we had cameras at every angle capturing every possible sighting of the sky, the atmosphere, the sun, the moon, and, of course, our personal experiences. So my, my role today was to have fun and enjoy it, but also capture footage uh, with Nelson's assistance. He did a remarkable job. He had all the mathematics and the statistics worked out before we got there. 
and, and basically said, this is where we're going to put the camera and this is why. It was a tremendous learning experience. Well, that's that's fantastic, Nelson, and that uh, is the best part, in my opinion, of art is the sharing, the collaborating. Uh, of course, we won't get into with what's going on in the world today, but just sharing in any way and being people together, whether the art is painting or photography or scientists, the art of science and the science that goes in art. I loved seeing this film. It's a great film. I recommend to everyone that they check it out. It is on Amazon Prime. I would say turn the show off and go watch it, but I want you to listen to the show <laughs> or treat, you know, or you get this you get this cool treat of we all miss DVD features, and since now we have 29, and later this week our 30th guest, you can now watch a film on Prime, and then never mind Criterion Collection, you can listen to Talking Pictures after you watch Prime. So yeah. now you have, yeah, so here all, yeah, thank you, Connie. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so this, so what's, so I loved seeing the teamwork and I loved seeing the cameras. And so this is a question that's for uh, Nelson first and then Cindy, because the first thing that came to my mind when all the cameras were being set up was, and sometimes it's just subconscious or sometimes filmmakers have this, Nelson, do you have, uh, I would think of needing some kind of love or attachment to music because I saw those cameras and I thought of like Duke Ellington setting up a jazz band <laughs> and no, you know, and knowing where you wanted to hit what, when. And so I would love to hear it, what your process is. And then Cindy, how it was for you to be like, oh, I, I hope I don't miss this note. Um, the process of doing this, as I said, I, I've accumulated all this knowledge, uh, especially from doing my movie, because essentially Jeff mentored me, um, you know, after watching him set up all his cameras and everything. And and also not just Jeff, but there's other people like uh, Fred Espinak and Tunch uh, Tizel from Turkey, uh, who have been great mentors in teaching me how to photograph the solar eclipse. The main thing you have to realize is for solar eclipses, you have literally a few minutes um, of totality and you have to be like spot on and people get what they call fumbleitis, you know, that's what eclipse chasers call it, where it's like you're fussing around with the camera and I'm sure, I'm pretty sure today people did that. Fussing around with the camera, missed the eclipse, you know. So uh, what I tried to do is, uh, you know, I, uh, today we had about 11 cameras, maybe 12, including iPhones or whatnot. Um, and each shooting a different aspect of the eclipse. And the main things are, you know, we plan out the eclipse uh, years in advance, uh, or actually maybe a year in advance. You know, like right now, the next eclipse is two years from now, so I'm going to start planning that. Uh, and then I start looking at Google Maps, everything. I look for weather. The key thing is weather so that you can actually see it. Uh, and then I spot locations, just like how you do a movie shoot. You know, you've got to go scout locations that look photographically uh, photogenic. Uh, and then afterwards, then you start bringing it up and all your gear and packing it all together and then bring it there. And then uh, I have a timeline that I keep together <clears throat> as I place all my cameras, like at this time I need to do this and at that time I need to do that. And the reason is because there's so many things, so many elements going on, especially if you're trying to photograph the eclipse, you're just going to forget. And what I do actually, I will actually rehearse it 
months before, and I will actually practice. Uh, actually, uh, you know, every day uh, about half an hour after sunset or before sun sunrise, um, there's a moment when the exposure is like the the lighting is equivalent to that of the solar eclipse. So I actually use that time every day cool. to practice um, the setting up the the cameras and everything, and then practicing exposures. Uh, and then so like on this eclipse. I essentially did that. For example, five in the morning, I was up. I moved all my camera gears outside. I aligned one of my cameras to a Polaris, and then I started putting everything else out. And then I had a little timer thing. And then I even was like, uh, I one of the main pictures that I was doing this year, which was a complete success, um, was a, a group shot uh, and a self-portrait. And I've never done that before of the nine years of chasing eclipses. And so it meant something to me because I'm like, I really would like a picture with the eclipse, you know? Um, so I was like, told the whole gang, you know, it's hard to like get a gang of eight people together to actually follow directions, you know, but we would rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it. I, the day before we'd rehearse it like four times. Day of the eclipse, like an hour before we'd rehearse it four or five times, you know, we try to make it faster. You know, you, you got a totality of two minutes. You got to like, you know, get in. All right. Next person in picture, next person, next person like that. And then we had a minute left of eclipses and then that's pretty much it. They watch the eclipse. So that way we don't miss the eclipse. And it's, it's very difficult to do that. I'll tell you that. But, you know, after nine years of doing this and after three, uh, four attempts doing it since 2013, uh, you know, I, I think I, I, I kind of got a hang of it, you know. <laughs> what a process. So for you, Cindy, what was it like being in there with Stanley Kubrick meets Michael Bay, but it sounds like he has a nice attitude. <laughs> Sorry, Nelson, Nelson I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson and I have been talking for a long time about equipment and uh, collaborating and talking about what we have and then talking about what we needed for the day and why. So it was a, a huge learning experience for me um, about, uh, you know, which equipment to bring and which lenses to put on which cameras and where to place the cameras. And, you know, there was a huge dance of choreography that Nelson didn't mention going on. I think we had 11 people um, uh, in front of all the cameras, uh, between the cameras and the eclipse, so that we could get those portraits that he was talking about. And I have to say that his exposures were perfect. We all get to come away with not just a picture of the total solar eclipse, but of us experiencing the solar eclipse. Video, still images, time lapse, you name it, we've, we've now got it. Yeah, a, a remarkable experience. And really, Nelson did all the work, and we were fortunate enough to be asked to be included, and uh, he made it easy for all of us. Yeah, he Nelson well, totally mentored me on this project. Well, my our sincerest congrats to you guys. Now, for Chasing Shadows, Connie, uh, obviously there was uh, a lot of traveling. I would love to know from the producer's standpoint how – First of all, how a Hawaii person survived some of those scenes temperature-wise, I don't know if I could even talk, let alone uh, be running the set. So I know uh, you have the traveling experience. So just as a producer, what was it like kind of working in different countries, whether it was time zone, jet lag, and then also having to rely on something that no one can control, which is the weather. Like, it's not like you can put your budget back together or your crew. So what was that like as a producer for Chasing Shadows? Well, well, I tell you what, um, 
Nelson himself on this project is the driver of this project. He is uh, the producer, the, the director, the writer, finding the composer, and so forth. And then me as a producer on this is a lot of the social media today, like let's go live on this and let's have people feed into the Chasing Shadows page. Um, and then at that page, everybody's experiencing what we're experiencing, which is that temperature change from 90 degrees down to 60 degrees in an hour. And that's Whoa. what happens on that. Yeah, big temperature change. For this Hawaii girl, it was cold. I, I was like, I need a jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I need like, three. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I love when you travel. Go ahead. You know, we, we, oh, no. we traveled so that we had enough clothes for this shoot because in the night it got down to, what, 40 degrees last night. And then during the day it's up at 90. So it's like a huge temperature change. Um, and then even for Nelson coming from China with his wife, you know, going to Hawaii and then coming here is just like big change. And he he proposed to Abby on the last solar eclipse. Total solar eclipse. Whoa! So that, that, wow, so, so he has a smooth this amazing. Yeah. Well, Well, speaking of temperature, uh, as I said, like this year's eclipse is actually quite easy to get to, not only just for weather and accessibility uh, and temperature, um, but like for example, the the main things that I wanted to cover in the last uh, eclipses. Uh, the ones that are in Chasing Shadows, is that, you know, it's not easy being an eclipse chaser. You know, this this year we have it easy in the United States, accessibility, all that. Um, right. As you saw in the film, we went to Svalbard, which is uh, literally the North Pole. I mean, it's the closest settlement that's right by the geographic North Pole. And it was minus 30 degrees Celsius, which is pretty much minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And at yes. that point... It's it's like I can't run my camera. Like I, there was a time in the eclipse I was trying to, and there's also that temperature drop too when the sun gets blocked, right? Moments when uh, all the you know you, you see how much planning we've already done, and you know Connie and and Cindy witnessed it today, uh, how much planning went into it, and we had half our cameras fail because of battery, because of temperature, everything. And you can't touch these. Uh, you know you have to push buttons and you have to run your cameras. One of the shots, I even on, on Chasing Shadows, you, you probably saw it, is while we were going on the snowmobile heading to the eclipse site, um, you know, it's, it's, I shot it on my iPhone. And I, the way I shot it, I had to pull my iPhone out. It was 100% battery. I had to stop the snowmobile, um, touch screen, right? So I start the camera, put my glove back on, because I, if you ride the snowmobile for 10 seconds, your, your hand is frostbitten, you know? So I basically right. put the glove on, and I'm filming, and then I essentially, like, five minutes later, it's like the phone died just because of the battery, you know? So these are, like, the elements that you're going to get going North Great. Pole. And then on the other extreme, going to, like, Ethiopia, as you saw, I mean, we're, we're traveling in places that are so remote. People just don't even, like, it's, it's unreal, like, how remote these places are. Like, people were thinking that we were causing the eclipse in Ethiopia. So uh, it's, we, we drive for four so days. Yeah, we would drive yeah. for four days, get to the eclipse site, and then camp there for two two or three nights. And then we don't even take showers or anything. We have to take malaria pills. 
And then we have to uh, still scout out our location, getting prickled by, like, spiny things and, uh, you know, evading hyenas at night. I mean, it, it was a whole different ballgame in Ethiopia, you know. So, I mean, eclipse chasing, I'm telling you, it's, just, it's not an easy thing. And I, I really wanted to show two extremes from my film. So that's essentially it. <laughs> So, well, that, Nelson, that was, how far oh, good, did yeah. you have to travel on the snowmobile? The we were going about four, four hour, uh, three to four-hour drive on the snowmobile out and then back. So, it's like a six-hour trip total uh, on, Whoa. like, three days. Because we, the first day was scouting, the second day was scouting, and then the third day actually getting to the eclipse site. It's exhausting, I'll tell you that. Wow, I mean, that's some that's – some, I mean, I could pick it up. Uh, but of course, many people and for the audience and Connie and Cindy know that, that this, it's hard to not sound arrogant. But for filmmakers, we know that we have to just go with whatever it is, be it a 20 hour day, a 30 hour day, a 98 hour work week. So I really did admire the dedication. <laughs> and I just thought if this is all I'm seeing on camera, I know the B-roll <laughs> isn't even bigger monster and people out there you know we're always struggling here with uh it's why we don't critique films we review them and again everyone uh that's listening i highly recommend you see this don't be a person who says you don't like science or you you're not into an eclipse or you're you don't understand go along for the ride uh film making films has connie knows with me personally uh, it for myself, it's very hard to make a bad movie, and uh, that's how that's how I know Connie was. I made a bad movie, and it got in a film festival. And so today's show is also special with me. I have to say this because I wanted to thank Connie for bringing on, and all of you guys for coming on. Uh, I met Connie, and this is for the audience too, because we also like to educate our audience to network. Um, I, Connie was signing me into my first film festival. And so this is a great full circle moment to be supporting something that you're doing on prime and taking to the extreme. So I tell everyone out there, just love movies and meet people, whether it's an eclipse, whether it's that you want to make a doc about whatever, uh, just come together and do something. That's what I loved about it was I felt like I was watching, like when you talked about taking malaria pills, it's like I felt like I was watching the Rolling Stones on tour. Just it, it wasn't as fun, and but it was fun, but just in a different way. So um, this film was just really. I, what I want to say is, is that it was not under what I would put in my normal taste or what I might grab. So I was very thankful for that because I had to step out of my comfort zone and it pulled me in without me just saying, okay, I have to get through this for Connie. And I found myself being like, (laughs) a, I know a few things, but then also I know it wasn't your guys intent. I thought, gosh, I think it applies to all of us with any subject. Wow. How little we know, even if we really have studied, like astronomy class. I mean, I actually had my teacher ask me halfway through the semester if I wanted to drop it. That's how bad I was doing. Um, Wow. So I admire admire astronomers. Um, 
Let's see. So I guess uh, what I, I'd love I, to I know is... I can say something else for you, Paul. Um, yes. Chasing Shadows is now nationwide in all the schools from K-12 and all the universities, and it's available right now. Well, I didn't know that. It's, That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the entire education system. Tony, you are like that is that is so fantastic. I I that that is so great because uh I'm not I mean I'm only thirty eight but we didn't really get the opportunity to learn through films just back to my generation. It was just book, book, book. I don't I don't learn very well through books. Now if you would have said here's a film about everything. I would have been valedictorian of high school and would have graduated Harvard. Um, so uh, with Chasing Shadows, what was the, now these are the basic generic filmmaker questions, and Nelson or Connie, whoever wants to take them, uh, what was the journey from that first initial concept, we're going to do it, to boom, we're on Prime, the the icon is on the computer. How how long was the journey for that? Uh, total journey, I would say, is about three and a half, four years uh, in the making. Uh, as I said, it started back in 2013 when Jeff uh, asked me to go with him to uh, Ethiopia. And then the thing was, I as I said, I wanted to contribute to the Eclipse community somehow. And I realized there wasn't many Eclipse documentaries. or There are Eclipse documentaries, science-wise or whatnot, but nothing about Eclipse chasers. So I wanted to really just tell a story about Jeff and his struggles. And believe me, there were so many things that I wasn't allowed to put in the film that I re- really wish I could. Um, but as part of that struggle and, and whatnot, it was it, it was difficult because I'm doing this this uh, movie that is time sensitive because uh, obviously I have to do some fundraising, all this stuff, yeah. uh, and we, we have to track the eclipse. And once an eclipse is over, nobody cares about the previous eclipse. They care about the next eclipse. At least that's what the eclipse uh, community, you know, like right now, nobody's going to care about 2017. They're going to care about 2019, you know? So uh, right. it's time sensitive. And I can't just raise money and just say, hey, we're going to go for this eclipse. And it's highly risky for anybody who puts money into it because it's like, what if you get clouded out? You know, you're going to small right. at a 50%, uh, 50, 60% cloud out chance, you know, or you go to Ethiopia, which we apparently had good odds of getting the eclipse, but then again, we didn't because it got fully clouded out, as you saw in the film, uh, spoiler alert, uh, or even Indonesia, which had a 70% <laughs> chance of cloud out, you know? So as I said, it's highly risky for this kind of um, documentary to go on, you know? So we ran a Kickstarter, uh, and luckily I got some money off of that, and I was able to keep me uh, pay for most of the Spalbert uh, trip. I uh, also covered a lot of Jeff's gear because he spent a lot of money on getting the equipment. Uh, and then I luckily picked up a few jobs from Apple or, you know, just my standard work, uh, just directing stuff or editing things in chi- in China, and that essentially helped pay for a lot of it. But it was frustrating. You know, there was times I was crying on the phone to Connie. I mean, you remember this, Connie, right? I was crying with you. I was like, I hate this project. I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And she just said, you know, just hang in there. Uh, I had a lot of mentors along the way as well, um, not just Connie as well. She mentioned me a big time as a as a producer. But also I have to give a big shout-out to uh, my friend Kenneth B., who is a, a 
a, a yeah. Chinese film director from Hong Kong, and he got a film into Sundance years ago. Uh, it was called uh, The Drummer, and it, it was a very, very good film. And he mentored, he mentored me through doc, the whole editing process and one, and basically helped me create the film to what it is today. So, um, and I learned so much from him, from just from uh, you know his experiences and whatnot doing documentaries. Yes, very, yeah, very well edited. And and go ahead, Connie. I was going to say, Cindy, I was going to say, if anybody is interested oh, sorry, in getting Cindy. their 2019 solar eclipse glasses, we have them for sale. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's, well, just, just so you know, um, that is, I mean, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm, this is, see, this is what I love. I always feel like sometimes I'm cheating because on the show, I get to learn as much as the audience. And so I feel like these are sometimes like free master's classes on producing or directing or when I listen to a cinematographer. So it's kind of like win, win, win. And then also, since we're talking about science and trial and error, it's like every time I come to the mic, it is a lab experiment. And it is seen if I'm going to, you know, have my producers messaging me saying, why the heck did you ask that question? Um, so this is cool. There's something I... Um, right at the end of the film, uh, where we had to tell it, this is something that came from my mentor, Kenneth. He, uh, you know, he showed me a bunch of documentary films. And i got to be honest with you, I hated documentaries. I hate documentary or I hate hit documentaries because <laughs> I thought they were boring and I didn't like them. And it's... And what, when I talked to Kenneth, he was basically was like, you know what? Documentary is a very tough form of filmmaking. And it's because you only yeah. get that one shot. That's one thing. Yeah. But the other thing is you get mountains of footage because like a feature film, a narrative feature film, you, you, you shoot, you're done. Or you want to write a new area of the script, you shoot that, you're done. Whereas documentary, you just got to keep shooting, you know, and you build the story in the end. And so he recommended me a few documentaries. And um, I remember one of them was called Sherman's March. Uh, it's a documentary about uh, some guys going, uh, this documentary filmmaker going down to South Carolina from New York and exploring the South. And it was very raw filmmaking. He was supposed to do a documentary about Sherman's March, but he didn't. He ended up doing a documentary about the U.S. South. And so that is essentially, um, you know, it, it was like, he, when he basically was like, it's, it's, you know, being honest as a filmmaker. And that's what documentary filmmaking is, you know. Um, an example of this is, at the end of the film, uh, when Jeff witnesses Totelli at Spalberg, uh spoiler, um, he basically—I I initially edited it with Jeff's footage, you know, and because they were clean, you know, Jeff shot them very clean. He likes to shoot them, you know, with nature, no, no people, anything like that. And my footage, the, the Steadicam, was very shaky because it's very hard to do a Steadicam while crushing ice on the glacier that we were on, you know. Um, so essentially, I cut it in a way where it was like I cheated the audience the experience. And so what Kenneth told me was like, he said, no, don't cut away from that shot. That shot right there is your money shot. That is how you're going to end the film. Because if you cut away from that, you like anybody, any kid in their computer these days can go on After Effects and whatnot and create some cool effects thing. But nobody can go to Svalbard and shoot like that and leave the shaky cam because the shaky cam means that it's honest. And that's, was, that was like an eye-opener for me for, for documentary filmmaking. I was like, you're absolutely right. That's what makes it real. That's what makes documentary, or not just this documentary, but that's just what made that shot mean something. And right. 
that's uh, that's you know well, one yeah, of the you, biggest have, lessons I learned. I feel like documentary for me is, and I think HBO has some of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Is that a docu? I feel like a documentary, and not in the way a film goes. Oh, of course you like the character, or you relate, or a plot point. Is that for me? I feel like a documentary. I just totally love, or I totally dislike, and that's why it's a genre I would never do. I would never attempt to do. Sure, I'd be one of the producers, but I would never. And to see that you shot it and edited it. So it's great that you had a producer like Connie and a team of producers, because I know Connie um, over the years has been involved in so many different projects and in so many different areas, departments, levels. Uh, Connie, what I, what I liked about this was, was that I've seen many of your films that are obviously Hawaii based. They're a local Mm -hmm. story. Uh, They're obviously Mm -hmm. completely, completely different elements. Um, For those of you that have followed the show uh, since the beginning, uh, you'll remember Connie from Kumuhina. And I have to, sorry, Nelson, I have to take the time to congratulate you on air for how far you guys took that film. And Cindy, um, I was just so, I knew it would go around the world. I remember saying to myself, this is going to, take the planet by storm. If there's a theater on Mars, I know Connie will get it there. Um, <laughs> that was just such a wonderful, and that's what I've always, uh, I'm not, I never, I always say on air because new listeners, they think talk show hosts can sometimes like suck up to guests, but I don't tell anyone anything they want to hear, but uh, you guys should check out this film. And Connie is someone who is just, has always been honest and has always been the same and has always been supportive. So I know that you know that, Nelson, and learned it, but uh, this now goes to to, uh, Cindy. Uh, You you got to, um, uh, you were a part of this uh, recent shoot, uh, but if we can spend a few minutes uh, there was uh, the surprise that we had for people. Would you get a nice little double feature today? We were going to spend a few minutes talking about a film that you and Connie had made uh, that also in its own way has been, has its own niche and applies to the world and uh, culturally. So uh, would you guys like to segue into that right, right now for a few, for a few minutes? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so please. The bridge is um, it's a Hawaii local Hawaii story. We had an opportunity to uh, write and shoot in a five-story treehouse back in the uh, the back of Manoa Valley at Daniel Tusat's place. It's a treehouse that's been built over uh, three, four decades um, in his family. Nobody else seemed to want to shoot there, and I was looking for a, an ideal location. It was a fantastic location. Uh, certainly had its challenges. But the film is a, a local Hawaii family story about uh, reconciliation from guilt and grief after yeah, an untimely that. loss. And um, uh, through the exploration of that grief, we looked Perfect. at uh, Hawaiian mythology and um, the beliefs of the Hawaiian night marchers in, uh, in Hawaiian culture. 
so the film is doing really well. Actually, we are leaving the Solar Eclipse project on our way to Vegas, where the bridge is playing uh, this Friday, August 24th at 4 p.m. at the Palms Casino. So I've, I've, I've lost track, but we're somewhere around 35 film festivals and 22 awards for a little short film made in Hawaii, a little 20-minute short and, film. So, and what's the yeah, name of that festival? Uh, we are going to uh, Action on Film Festival. Very. Oh, my large. gosh. that is. I'm sorry. That is so crazy because I'm a consulting producer on a short film that, that's uh, – that's in action on Film Film Festival this week. It played over the Are weekend. Are you coming? No, I won't be out there uh, because I'm headed off to Europe next week. So it was a budgetary thing, but uh, it's called Remembrance. And see, okay. this is what's so cool. This was the whole point of the show was Nelson. The reason why I was mentioning the bridge was to show here that whether it's Eclipse, short film, or and, and for you to say action on film uh, is and that's so cool. So again, continue because uh, I wish I was going now because I haven't seen Connie in forever and I would love to meet you. Um, <laughs> but go ahead. But uh, uh, with what you were saying, and you guys also had let me review the bridge. Uh, I'm sorry, our show. I don't like saying me or I. Um, but this is cool. Now I get to see another great circle from. Connie, you signing me in has a dumb little arrogant film school pipsqueak thinking he's about to run Sony because he's playing Hiff. All due respect to Hiff. And we have a film playing in the same festival. Wow, this, that you know, this really, this really makes my day. So I'm sorry, Cindy, but go ahead. So, uh, no, the bridge. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, it, I, I'm just a consulting producer. So, um, I, I, come on board in the aftermath to help, uh, help lead and, and lend my experiences. But, uh, so you were, you were the director and this has played a lot of countries, correct? Yes. Yes. We're actually, uh, we have a a full schedule going ahead for 2017 as well. So we've been to this year alone, we've been to Germany, France, Italy, Spain, New Zealand, and uh, and then we played in Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, California. So after this Action On Film Fest, the bridge is going back to Cannes, where it was for the Cannes Short Film Corner. It's going to be in the Cannes International Short Film Festival, which is held in Nice, uh, September 12th through 16th. And then we're going back to Germany uh, with World Cinema. So we'll be there uh, the last day of September through October 7th, where the film's up for five awards. I mean, it's just... It's been incredible. We're we're actually up for an award at Action on Film uh, Festival as well on uh, next Saturday night. So what's really well, cool I hope it's not the same film. category. No, <laughs> uh, uh, because then we'll have to cut this part out. Um, well, what I was going to say was, congrats on all that. But what you forgot to mention was, uh, you've been on Talking Pictures, and you're playing in a festival with a film Paul Booth is a producer on. So that concept, <laughs> that's kind of secondary. Um, now you're living. Um, but congratulations on that. And I'm going to look it up because I think it would be really funny if, if the director and other producer told me that in our shorts block, the bridge won. That would be really funny. Um, but uh, 
This is the cool part of the small world of film. And I'm so excited because this, this was our actual intention on day one was to bring people together through film. I always wanted to be a DJ, but I don't know enough about music. So I thought the films can be the records, and we can just kind of go in and bring people together from all over and through this art form we all love. Now we get to, um, uh, and again, please, uh, obviously off air, if you guys could let me know uh, what block you're in and stuff, I would love to tell some friends I have going to check it out. Um, So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, So this is a question that will be for all three of you. This is now a new set of questions that we ask every guest. Uh, Nelson, we'll start with you as the director of Chasing Shadows. Again, check that out on Amazon Prime tonight or do yourself a really cool favor. Watch it and then check out, check out this show. So, uh, Nelson, what is, aside from if you've already done it, as a filmmaker, your dream genre, you have the script you want, you have the money, and you get to go out and do a Western or a bank robber or a thriller. <laughs> What's the genre you would love to do? Uh, something involves theft. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Watch your gear, Cindy. Um, <laughs> all those cameras you said you had, I was like, why don't you guys come down here and we'll do some shorts. Um, okay, so something that involves something that involves theft. So, uh, bank oh, robbery. by the way, I apologize if I cut out. I'm my phone is running out of battery right now, so it's just early oh. morning. If I cut out, big apologies. <laughs> oh no, thank you, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I always tell people if uh, any time they want to go or if their phone dies, that's cool. Um, uh, so thank you. And then, so since you're low on battery, what would be the genre that you haven't, you haven't paid the rent, you haven't eaten in a week, but there's no way you're going to do this genre? Ugh, that's a tough one. Maybe a horror. I won't. Horror or porn. I won't do either one of those. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? That's the seventh guest to say porn. I love it. It's like... I don't want to kill the question. I want to keep asking it, but I want to get a different answer. Horror or porn? Horror or porn? Someone actually said, the last guest said that, that uh, slasher movie Saw is actually called, like, torture porn or something. Um, okay, so, uh, uh, Connie, same thing applies to you. Yeah. Both questions. Fire away. All-time film... My passion project is the Blades Project, which is documentary genre. And you're like, why? Well, I'm a diehard, I'm a martyr, but it's about the 60s and 70s Hotel Street in Honolulu, and it's my passion project, and I've been writing grants for it, and I want to finish it. Interesting. Now, is this something that you can say, like, is it like a – uh, Castro for Hawaii? Is it, I mean, what is it, is it it's something you the, can talk about or is it just there? I, I, no, I can't. There's actually, I have a website called the Glade Project, B-L-A-D-E-S project.com. And you go to it, it has a little trailer, what it's about. And it's literally the stone wall of Hawaii and what happened during the 60s. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. If you were a man dressed as a woman, 
and in Hawaii, and, and literally in our culture, Hawaiian culture, if you're a man dressed as a woman during the 60s, there was a law that passed in our legislature that said you had to wear a button, like a button on your chest, on your left side, and it had to say, I'm a man or I'm a woman. And if you didn't wear uh, that, you were arrested on the spot, and it was a $1,000 fine, and you were thrown in jail for a year. Interesting, interesting. I, I just happened to watch Stonewall last night, so... Thank you for bringing that to my attention. A friend of mine from yeah. uh, Kauai who grew up in the Castro and is now 72 uh, was talking yeah. about how some things that were also going on in the Castro. So it was kind of like this whole, uh, a lot of people just say Stonewall, but it was many other places. Uh, so, many other so places. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was like, you know, that there is that way. And we love New York because we have so many New York guests. But there is that way that the world's kind of made it seem like everything starts in New York. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Um, so <laughs> with that, again, the Glades Project. Well, because it's like, I mean, everybody came to New York. So how could New York have started everything? People had to, right? I mean, my grandma landed from Ellis Island, so they didn't create her. Um, yeah. Now, what, what is the one that you would not do? Uh, not do, um, oh, Nelson said it, horror, but I've done horror, little shorts, but probably porn. Porn, okay, I think what we're, I think what I'm going to start asking people is, what would be your great idea for porn? (laughs) Ooh, that's easy. Uh, No, I know you're, (laughs) it's going to get too creative. Um, uh, okay, so that's. Okay, so I, I do, I would love to, uh, uh, sometime, Connie, I would love to have you on uh, just to whatever degree you would like to discuss that because I would, um, I would love to hear more about that and where that goes or if we could share emails. And now we'll turn it over to Cindy. But Cindy, you got the raw end of the deal. Again, I'm going to pick on you. I've already made jokes about you possibly stealing our awards. Um <laughs> You you have to come up with a with a genre you want to do, but then a genre you wouldn't do that's not porn. So fire away. Oh, okay. okay, good. Well, so uh, what I want to do, I I have a new uh, passion project in the works and on the horizon, which came as a result of traveling to Europe with the bridge. So when the when our film was playing in Naples a couple of months ago, I had found out through Ancestry.com that my family, which also emigrated uh, through Ellis Island, was from a little village in Italy called Gugiano. And at the time, I was traveling with my art director from the bridge, and I said, we we have to go. And we went into this village and came away from there, realizing that after 106 years since my family emigrated, I was the first in the family to find my way back not only to the village where we're from, but that we have all this family there. So I now have about 60 new Facebook friends from Italy, uh, all of which are related. And so in December, we are going back with a small camera crew to start this documentary, which kind of follows in the sort of the ancestry lineage of, you know, who am I and where am I from? And uh, what's interesting about this uh, revelation is that the bridge is a story about Hawaiian culture and family and uh, although I'm not Hawaiian 
I, I wrote a story about the culture, and the bridge led me back to find my own culture and my own family uh, in Europe, which is unbelievable. Through Ellis Island. Yeah, through Ellis Island. Oh, that's, that's, that's really awesome. I'm so... <laughs> glad for you um because i'm the you know like i said my grandmother ellis island my great grandfather mm-hmm. but then on my uh connie and i had talked about how i went through the whole i hate saying the h word in hawaii but my father is oh. just from mid yeah you know from midwest america and my mother is mexican italian so i when i get tan i have to look in the mirror and go do I want to be dark today or light? Because now, and again, we won't go into immigration and the craziness of California. Um, I have a beard now and I get, I'll say hi to a woman. She won't say hi, but when I'm clean shaven, I'll get a little bit of flirtation. So it's like, Oh, I see. So when I look like my Mexican grandfather, I'm a, you know, I'm a bad guy. But when I look like my white trash father, he's not, but his family um Mm -hmm. sorry dad um (laughs) I don't talk to them because they're racist because they use the n-word and Mexicans and they make they uh discriminate against alternate lifestyles and it just makes me nuts Mm -hmm. uh so Mm -hmm. uh, again sorry to get off track there Cindy but uh so without it saying porn what would be the genre you would not do and again haven't paid the rent haven't eaten and you just cannot do this genre yeah, I feel like I feel like I have to be passionate about whatever project I'm on um, in order to go the distance. But I, I definitely have no interest in horror films. Yeah, horror. I have okay. no interest. Yeah, it's the genre the furthest away from my creative mind. You know, it's horror. it's a very interesting thing because Connie knows my early career and really the the things I've made that have went the furthest or that have been on Amazon or have played the most festivals where I've done action and horror. And those are the only two that if I was on this show, I would say I don't want to do either, but then I have to kind of be thankful and be like, well, I have four things on Amazon prime and I used to be able to walk into Hollywood video and blockbuster and there was two of my films. So do I just be thankful I had films on the shelf, right? Or do I, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, denounce the B genre? Um, Let's see, since we have just a few minutes, this will be the time for you to plug all the social media and uh, then we can uh, leave it from there. Again, Chasing Shadows, everyone. Check it out tonight or at least put in your queue and make time for it soon. And now we are going to hear about all the social media for Chasing Shadows. Connie, let's let you handle that. And Cindy, you can handle the bridge. And please mention action on film again so I can make a little note here to tell our buddies out there what's going on. Well, on Chasing Shadows, you can go to our Facebook page. And on our Facebook page is Chasing Shadows Movie. And actually, we were live today, and we've had over, this was like two hours ago, 30,000 followers just in the last two hours ago. And so we had a live broadcast of everything this morning that the process, temperature dropped and everything. So you can follow us right on Chasing Shadows Movie. Um, Amazon Prime, we're also on iTunes as well. 
And if you have any questions, you can even message us right on the Facebook page. Yep, and Connie, wow. I'll let her do that media as well. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. One quick thing. I'm looking at this video, and it says 7,000 views. I'll give you guys yeah. $10 if you cut in you screaming talking pictures. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. Talking pictures. Talking we'll do pictures. That. No, I mean on your video your... with 7,000 views. You missed the joke. Okay. So uh, go ahead, Connie, so, with, the, with the bridge. Yeah. And, and the bridge you can get at the bridge short film, and you'll see little clips, trailers, where it's done and all the different awards. But it's the bridge short film, and you'll find all the information right there. We're using that as our Facebook page as well as our website for that film, and it's been amazing. Smart deal. I mean, that's really what I admire. I, I I watch what you guys are doing, and I just love how you're taking the travels and the culture and everything you do and pulling it in as one. You know, like I said earlier, we have the same mission. To me, the show is a movie, and it's just like producing short films each week, and it's making sure that each one reaches someone or brings in another country or another state. So, uh right. This is really cool. And again, uh, we wanted to thank you for coming by today. Uh, and I am actually bummed that I'm not going out to Vegas because it would be fantastic to sit down with you guys and uh, chat. Um, but yeah, so for the rest of your guys' travels, we wish you a wonderful, safe trip. And after a long day and night's work, we appreciate you coming by the show today. Thank you, Paul. Aloha. Thank Aloha. you. Uh, Aloha, and talk to you guys soon over social media. Okay. All right. Aloha. Bye. And that was so fun. Great show. Uh, again, like I said, Connie Flores, special to me. Uh, met her at my first film festival. Thank you. And, of course, Nelson, we appreciate you. I appreciate this film. Thank you for enlightening me today. That's going to do it for me, Talking Pictures, another great episode, episode 230. So wonderful to have filmmakers from Hawaii, which is my home, even though I now reside in California. And as always, watch a good movie today, whether it's morning, afternoon, or night, or whatever other time of day you can find. But most importantly, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but spread some peace and aloha.